Peter Pistol, as you're listening to White Line Fever. What a great show it is. Sitting back, listening to a bit of Bacco Daco, some White Snakes, some LA Guns. That's what we want to hear. That's what we like to, to listen to, to get ourselves fired up as well when we're about to watch a great game of rugby league. White Line Fever, how good is it? Okay, it's episode 29, and I'm here with a special guest, a fellow that got a little bit of history with, but we'll, take, we'll talk about that a bit later. Uh, Clifford Hode, how are you, mate? <laughs> Actually, uh, great, Steve. Good at the moment. I'm really, really happy. I nearly cut my finger off. But um, I just went to the doctor's this morning, and he told me that he gave me the, 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 you know, the okay, so... Uh, a second can change your whole life, eh? And I nearly... You don't realise what's... What you got until it's, you know, it's it's gone or it's been, um, I suppose, you know, the threat of never playing again freaked me out. But tell us what happened. Oh no, I don't want to. I don't. Can I? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was um, uh, just putting a, a jack under a car and the jack let go and grabbed my finger between the um, a chassis rail and the jack stand, which is all made of steel, of course. And, Luckily, I got lightning fast reflexes, but I pulled my hand out really quickly, and uh, it just grabbed me. Sort of basically tore all the the, the the trunk of the finger off, which is my drumming hand, you see. And I've been um, very worried about it, but I'm so lucky. I, my my mum said the other day I could be dressing a stump, so I was whinging about how much it's been hurting. For yeah. Me, so. I'm really, really happy. I've still got my finger, and I'm able to keep playing, and uh, it hasn't all ended. Because it would end it, hey? I, would, I wouldn't have been able to handle it. Just make sure this... Finger. I'm not like the, the guy in Def Leppard who must be such a strong guy. Anyway. Yeah, the fellow, you know, what's his name? The guy from Def Leppard. Rick, Rick Allen, yeah. Rick Allen, yeah. He, he, uh, I was speaking, speaking to Des Bailey from, um, from England the other day, and he, he, he knows him pretty well. And I said, well, you just tell him that I think he's one of the strongest characters. Uh-huh. Um, because if that happened to me, I, I really would, wouldn't have the spine to keep going. Mm-hmm. He's just made of, made of bronze, that guy. Now, um, normally we sort of start this with the newsy bits. So the newsy, the other newsy bit, aside from your injury, which uh, luckily you're recovering from, mm-hmm. is um, is your brother Jeff, and you put on Facebook that he doesn't want to play yeah. with either um, Kings of Sun or Richard Famous again. What's the background to that? Have you talked him around? What's the, what happened? Um, that it took me a long time, as I said, to 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 come to grips with it. That that was the, his reality, which means it's my reality. Mm-hmm. And uh, no amount of talking has been able. And I've been, believe me, I've been trying, and the fans have been trying. But he's he he he. I can't speak for him, but he's a, like a lot of people. He's reluctant. To, to, he, he, I think he feels in knowing him I think Jeff feels that he gave his best at a time when he could give his best he was a young man he was hungry he was feisty and I just think he's coming to a stage in his life now where he feels like he'd be a parody in a sense to get back up there mm. that's what I feel mm-hmm. but um, also you know we've been dealing with each other for such a long time uh, we're at an age now where you know, he's looking at me going, you want to continue, I don't. I'm upset with him because he doesn't want to continue. He's upset with me because I want to continue. Mm-hmm. So it's like a 
inertia mm-hmm. situation. But mm. uh, I'm not. I can't wait any longer mm. because I, you know, my life. Uh, I can't put on hold any any further. And uh, he's he's quite happy with this decision. You know? mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure there's a, a part of him that wants to that would love to always get up there and play music and because he's such a fantastic showman. I don't know how he shut that part of his soul down, mm-hmm. but, he, but he has. Mm. Well, I can't. Mm. Has there been an opportunity, like, for actually Kings of the Sun to perform as Kings of the Sun recently <laughs> and that you've had to turn down, or is it something you want to do, or is it, or is that a, a dead entity? What's the situation there? No, uh, because the original members mm. uh, are still... Um, one's in Melbourne and one's in Sydney, and... Uh, No, it come down to Jeff. It come, mm. it come down to Jeff and not wanting to relive the past, mm. basically. Yeah, mm. Mm. And he feels like you know, it's all the music's there for anyone who wants to hear it, and the film clips and things, and and in, the band's in people's memories, and that's how I think he wants to to, to, to leave it. You know? Okay, um, I thought we might divide this up into three bits and and play a song each time. Um, so I'm sure you've got a favourite song from the past. That you, or, future or the present that you'd like to play do you want to is there one with a story behind it off the first album I love um, I have to say I love um, Medicine Man mm-hmm. which is not, not a particularly commercial track it's um, uh, that's to do with uh, the magnificence I suppose of the Red Indians years ago and we, that was inspired when we were up in Massachusetts in the Indian territory up there mm. and we met uh, a couple of Indian guys and um we wrote that song up there and it has all the uh, basically acid type guitar solos in it and it, but it conjures up a, a great feeling and um, we've had a lot of Indian guys love the band just over that one song mm-hmm. but uh, yeah just for me at this point because I'm I'm uh, doing a bit of soul searching I, I love that song Blue. 
this is Michael Starr. This is Lexi Fox. And you listen to White Lion Fever. Uh, welcome back. And uh, there were two games on Friday nights in Georgia, Laura 26, Melbourne 18, and uh, Gold Coast, big win 36. 16 over Sydney Roosters. I'm here with Nathan Fien, who played his 250th uh, first grade game tonight, and you said that you would have traded it for the two points, but you don't have to, because you've got both. You've got the 250 games and you've got the two points. Big win. Yeah, you're spot on, mate. Um, you know, any win um, against Melbourne Storm is, is, is a good win, and, you know, it's one that we desperately needed um, here at St George, and, um, you know, it keeps us alive in the run to the finals. Um, you know, our consistency all year, though, hasn't quite been where we would like it, and, you know, I guess tonight's win really means nothing if we can't, um, you know, do the job against the Roosters next Friday. What I wanted to ask you about was a few weeks ago we were talking how the Dragons, you know, not scoring enough points and it was a real problem. And first half tonight, throwing around like the Harlem Globetrotters. Was there a decision there? Do you remember a moment when it changed and maybe you decided to back yourselves a bit more in attack, or was it just for tonight? What's what's changed? No, I just think we found ourselves with a bit better field position tonight. Um, you know, we were able to. Force, uh, force a few errors with um, you know with our defence, which give us good field position. Our kicking game, you know, was pretty good, and it had to be with um, you know Billy Slater returning from injury. So, you know, it was always going to be a tough task against against the Storm. But you know, um, a lot's been said about our attack. But you know, I feel all throughout the year we've been creating opportunities, but for whatever reason, we, you know, the last pass or the execution of the play just hasn't hasn't stuck. So, you know, it's never been panic stations for us. We know what. You know what we can do within the side, and we know we've got the, that the, you know the team that can actually get out there and score points. And you know, I guess tonight it was just um, you know fortunate for us that we were able to get 26 on the board because you know Melbourne can you know obviously easily put 30 on you. You got a decent run home looking at the other teams. No easy games in the NRL, but what's it going to take to get there to the finals? I mean, we're going to see the sort of attack we saw from you guys tonight, or is it a horses for courses thing? No, look, as I said, the consistency for our season's been, you know, very much up and down and we haven't been able to string too many together. But, you know, I guess we're close enough if we're good enough. Um, I know that we're playing a lot of the sides that are sort of in a similar position to us, you know, vying for those bottom spots in the eight. So I guess the destiny's in our own hands and, you know, if we can string a few together, then, you know, I think it'll take care of itself. Jamie Soward back for the next game, do you know? Look, yeah, I think so. Um, we'll just have to wait to see what the medical staff said. Look, I don't know the ins and outs of, of, of the injury. Um, I know it looked uncomfortable a few weeks ago, but then he, he got back last week against South, and unfortunately it flared up towards the end of this week. And um, Yeah, look, you know, he's a great player and he's got a tremendous kicking game and you know, he can definitely uh, turn sides around with, with his boots, so hopefully he'll be back uh, towards the end of the year. Now, mate, with the online aspect of this interview, you get to play a song. That's, That's pretty cool, isn't it? A rock song. You got one for us? Rock song. I know. Thunderstruck? Yeah, Thunderstruck? ACDC, man? How's that?
Yeah, hey, this is uh, Clifford Ho from Kings of the Sun, and you're listening to White Line Fever, and um, there's a road to nowhere out there, and you just got to go out and find it. Woo! Okay, welcome back to the program. Now, we're going to do something new here, something we've been planning to do for ages, been on the list, and just never got the energy or uh, cause to do so, but um, it came a couple of weeks ago in the form of the sad death of the keyboardist from Deep Purple, John Lord. Now, in 1990, I interviewed John Lord, and uh, it was uh, quite a, um, uh, a remarkable interview, actually, because they'd just sacked Ian Gillan and replaced him with Joe Lynn Turner as singer. They had released the album Slaves and Masters and uh, found John Lord to be um, one of the best interviewees ever that I've ever had the pleasure to be involved with and very, very honest. Um, and so I think the time has come to dig out the old C90 cassettes and convert them to audio files, and um, and share with some of these uh, classic old uh, rock and roll interviews with you. And uh, as I said, not a better one to start with than John Laws. So let's uh, turn back the clock. We're in Bayswater in Sydney. It is 1990, and I'm at a table with some uh, music playing in the background, having a chat to the great, the late great John Lord. Does, does the lineup change sort of permeate through to just your whole approach to everything? Like I'd imagine just doing press and stuff would be a little less boring when there's, I don't know, I mean obviously there's a, there's a whole, there's a new attitude, I mean was that a fair comment or? Oh yeah, uh, well the only unfair part of the comment was that, that you, your assumption that I would find doing press boring, I don't. Uh, I, 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 under any circumstances I enjoy talking, yeah. uh, um, especially when I'm talking about something that, which I'm so deeply concerned with, which is my band. You know? mm. um, Yes, it, it's, it is exciting because, because Joe's edition has uh, revitalised us in a way. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and on the one side there's the obvious uh, sadness that, that uh, Ian's not part of it anymore, of course, because he's an old friend. Mm. Um, but that's kind of balanced, you know, by the, uh, by the fact that Joe's in the band. Because yeah. Joe's, uh, Joe's a, a very... He's an Italian-American, right? So he's very... There's lots of shoulders and lots of... You know, <laughs> and arms and hands and air, you know, it's a, it, He's a very... Uh, a bouncy character. Mm. Um, very full of energy. And very good to work with. Good fun to work with. Yeah. Now, you taped that first jam with him, didn't yeah. you? I mean, do you want to release that? I think we probably will put it somewhere. At least sometime, it. yeah. Because it's good. I mean, it's not as if it's, it's... It would be embarrassing to have it out. It's it's damn good and it's very immediate. I mean, because he he only just walked through the door. <laughs> oh, there was a stinking rat under the floorboards. The story That's goes. right. Yeah, it's true. Oh God, that was awful. <laughs> well, it was this awful old golf club, which I think was sort of on the way out of business or something. But of course, you can't play golf in in the beginning of the winter in Vermont because I mean, <laughs> I mean, all by the middle of December when we were there, there was blizzards, three foot of snow. Um, but they put poison down for the rats to, to get them out of the golf club so that we could use the place. And of course, two or three of them crawled under the floor and died <laughs> under the floorboards. And uh, oh, that was awful. But you know, he walked through the door. And somebody went, Hey, Joe, how you doing? And Hey, Joe. Richie went, yeah. And off we went. So. It was a baptism of fire for him, but it was brilliant. An instant magic, as far as I'm concerned. And Roger wasn't convinced before that, was he? No, because Roger had a little trouble with Joe, I think, but on a personal level, not so much on a sin level. Uh, when they were t- together in Rainbow, I, I, 
I have not inquired as to the nature of that. Probably that may have been something as stupid as arguing over a woman. I don't know. Uh, but it, it certainly was a worry on the part of Roger. Did they sort it out, or, or oh, was it just an understanding? They sorted it out marvelously. I mean, they spent an enormous amount of time together doing the lyrics for this album, you know. Mm. Uh, and I think they really bonded, you know, formed some rather, rather good uh, pact. Because I think the lyrics are excellent, you know, they're, they're, I mean, they're very, they're very much more based on women than most of Ian's lyrics used to be. <laughs> uh, so that seems to be Joe's current preoccupation. <laughs> but, uh, As opposed to his past and future. That's right, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> or anything political at all. But, uh, I mean, I think there's only one political comment on the entire album. It's something in the track Breakfast in Bed. I mean, it says something about there's a time of trouble, a time of desperate need, and I think it's about the only political comment on the album. Mm. But it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the rock and roll has always been fairly situated roughly below the belt, hasn't it? Mm. You know, it's, you know, as, as, a, as its major contribution to its lyrics, you know. Mm. Mm. Fair enough. But, uh, you know, that, 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 I don't think Roger was convinced until precisely that moment. and. Uh, and Joe spent the rest of the afternoon with us, singing like an angel. Mm. And, uh, was there was there ever any temptation to do as as Gillan suggested and just call the band Rainbow? Mm. <laughs> None at all. Uh, I mean, he, he made that sound like it uh, would be an insult, but it would not be an insult to me to, 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 to if people said, "Wait, well, you might as well call it Rainbow," because I th- used to think Rainbow was a damn good band. I mean, mm. so and you know you, you can get awfully mathematical here if you're not careful see that because like, people have said well there's three people in the band you see who were in Rainbow eh? but then there's what there's, there's, there's four people in it who've always been in Deep Purple yeah, so this, class, yeah. this many members of Whitesnake and this many oh, members yeah. it becomes <laughs> you know it becomes the battle of the mathematicians if you're not careful yeah Just you. 
Mark Gable from Choir Boys, and you're listening to White Line Fever with Steve Mascourt. Welcome back to the program. That was Breakfast in Bed from Slaves and Masters by Deep Purple. Um, and there'll be further instalments of that interview with the late, great John Lord in uh, episodes to come. Um, now, this is the footy part of the program. Uh, first, a couple of plugs. Don't forget to um, come and join us on Twitter, uh, WLF Podcast. And uh, certainly come and join us uh, at whitelinefever.ning.com. Um, we've already been through the Friday night NRL results. Friday night in Super League, just the one game. Wigan 40, uh, Castleford 16 at the DW Stadium. On Saturday in Super League, London put up a bit of a fight before losing 19-12 to Catalan. It starred uh, Gilbert Brutus. Um, also um, in the NRL on um, Saturday, uh, Canterbury 32, North Queensland 18. Jonathan Thurston having a few words to say about the scheduling of that game and uh, the fact that they get the uh, the bad end, the end of the stick, uh, the Cowboys, when it comes to scheduling uh, because they're not a capital city team and uh, not favourites of broadcasters, etc., etc. Uh, Manly 24, Warriors 22 over in Perth. Uh, second time uh, or week in a row that the Warriors have led 18-0 and been defeated. And in Golden Point time, a bit of controversy there. Uh, Penrith 21 over Cronulla 20. Did that kickoff go the 10 metres or not? Uh, and uh, more importantly, were the match officials in position? My colleague Brad Tallon, if you go to his Facebook page, he's got a picture that shows that they were definitely out of position. Um, okay, on Sunday, uh, just the two games in the NRL, Newcastle 36, Canberra 6. Uh, Newcastle definitely coming home with a wet sail. Who'd have thought they might even make the finals? Who'd have thought that, like, a month ago even. Uh, and uh, the game I was at, South Sydney 32, West Tigers 6. West Tigers badly depleted from that Monday night game up in uh, um, at Dairy Farmers Stadium the previous week. Uh, battled on, but uh, no match for rampant Souths. And I've chosen the interview with Tim Sheens, actually, from that game, um, which I did for the ABC uh, for this uh, broadcast because I think he had some very interesting things to say about what the Tigers have got to do to get back in the race. Tim Sheens, to what extent was your fate... Sealed a little bit by halftime on Monday, uh, leading into this game this afternoon. You're right up against it, weren't you? Yeah, but you know, we're not going to we're not going to fall back on that as an excuse. There are reasons, and it's a genuine reason. Admittedly, we've lost some key personnel, but uh, particularly when we had to reinvent the halves. But I finished last week's game with Robbie at seven, and and you know, and Benji at uh, six, and Masada played well, and Young Mads played well again in the first half. I thought he had a go. But uh, it has it has rocked us a bit to lose that option at seven, so we're going to have to make some decisions. Normally, I'd play Chrissy Lawrence at six, then Marshall at seven. And I lost Chrissy as well, so it is affecting our preparation. Yeah. You said in the press conference that your fans were cheering some results that went your way, um, and maybe the players were as well. Um, now you're outside the eight. Um, you know, you, 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 it's up to you to get back in, isn't it? You can't be cheering other results. No, no, no. Well, yeah, look, as I said, it's only human nature to see that. You know, the draw, oh, well, that's good. They got beat. That, that keeps them off our tail. But um, you, can't, you can't use that as an excuse. You can't be thinking that way. But it's, you know, uh, we, haven't got that, we haven't got that luxury now nor that option. So, you know, the, uh, everybody's now, it's, it's heads down and we've just got to really work hard to recoup a win next weekend. And then, um, and, then, uh, and then we've got a tough draw in from there too. The sides that are pushing their way into the eight have built up momentum after poor starts to the year. You're in a different position. I mean, recapturing momentum, 
what's is there a secret? Is there a method? Yeah, we're a long way away from those seven wins in a row. It, it does come down to really just winning a game. You know, like you've just got to come out and regain it with a win. Um, do anything you can to win it. You've got it whether you win it by one or two points. But we have to be really tough next week on ourselves with our with our possession, with our discipline, uh, our field position. You know, the things that are really you know, mentally keep you in the game, keep the opposition as far away from our trial line as we can and um, and uh, and earn the win, really earn it, not try to not try to fancy our way through it, you know. Finally who's back next week? Uh, looks like we might have um, Galloway available and Timmy Monson. Uh, the Monday I'd anticipate both guys playing. Thanks Tim. Okay, Clutch of Super League games on Sunday. Um, Hull 34, Salford 26, uh, Warrington 50, Bradford 22, uh, Hull KR 32, Widnes 26, St Helens 46 and Huddersfield 12. And on Monday, Wakefield 38, Leeds 18. What a boil over that was. Um, and a massive uh, boil over in the NRL, of course, in Monday Night Football with Parramatta 42 beating Brisbane 22. In a minute, we're going to hear from Nathan Hindmarsh out on the field at full time in that game. And uh, there are reports now that he's thinking of shelving his retirement plans. He might play on again in 2013. Um, our album of the week is Slaves and Masters in honour of um, John Lord. And there'll be more from John Lord in the next instalment of White Line Fever. And then after that, we've got, well, a song that is pretty much a tale of the times. You remember uh, Brian Adams singing. The kids want to rock. Well, we've got new music from Denko Jones, who is uh, opining for those days. He is pining for those days, and he um, he is saying that these days the opposite is true. We'll be back maybe in a week or two. Yeah, we're in the southeastern corner of Suncorp Stadium, Nathan. Tell uh, all the listeners what you see. Uh, there's pretty hardy uh, Parramatta fans here. They make a lot of noise. Yeah, there is. It's good. Um, yeah, we've got a strong following up here in Brisbane, and it's great to see them come out tonight. And I'm glad we had a win for them. Now, we asked you after games a number of times this year what happened, and normally it was after a loss. We'll ask you the same question yeah. now. I suppose you just said on the way over here that uh, the start of the second half wasn't what you hoped for. No, it was a, it was a shocking start to the second half. You know, and the, the, the way we spoke about it in the sheds, how important it was to come out for and I'm that first 10 minutes of the second half. We just we did the total opposite, and you know I think the boys got a bit nervous there after about 10 minutes. But you know we steadied the ship and stuck to what we were doing well in the first half, and we came over the wind. So very happy. They're all chanting "Hindy, Hindy" in the background. I don't know if you can hear him, but I mean, what is the story with um, when there's a change of coach? Teams do tend to go up a gear, don't they? You've, you would have seen it all over your career. Why does it happen? Uh, yeah, I don't know, mate. It's um, it's, it's an unfortunate thing that happens, I suppose, kind of for the for the departing coach, but. Um, what can you say? It's just—it's been happening for years and years. You know, as you said, you see it happen all the time. As soon as Stephen Outsey was uh, finished up the eels, you know, everyone got on us to beat Melbourne Storm, and it and it happened. So. One of those strange things, mate. You said last week that, look, if you end up with a spoon, that's the way it is. You still had a great career. But you must now be able to lift your sights and your ambitions for the next few weeks again. And you must have some hope that it's going to be a very positive finish. Mate, we've, only, we've only won two back-to-back. So, you know, we've, if we can play like this every week, you know, hopefully we'll shake it. But, you know, as I said, I've said it earlier before, you know, I, we, haven't really, we haven't spoken about it at all. It's been the furthest thing from our minds. I think our, our main thing was just to play the football on the field that how we've trained during the week and that's what we're starting to do so that's our main concern rather than looking at the spoon later on down the track I'll let you go and press flesh with your disciples Nathan cheers mate thank you
Hi, this is Martorian from the Bullet Boys, and you're listening to White Line Fever right here, baby. Let's just do this. yonder <laughs> and I'm not even going to try to rhyme anymore <laughs> Michael Monroe here for White Line Fever and dig Michael Monroe Sensory Overdrive the album the band you get a chance come and check us out live 
We're going to rock your socks off and whatever. Rock like fuck. That's what I say. Okay? <laughs> Come on down and rock on.